It's Thursday, August the 19th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Afghanistan's future and Meng's extradition hearing concludes. First, the world in brief. The Taliban's promise that Afghanistan would no longer be, quote, a battlefield of conflict rang hollow as at least three people were shot dead at a protest in Jalalabad. Anti-Taliban protesters waved the black, red and green Afghan flag instead of the white and black Taliban flag. The new Afghanistan will not be a democracy but will be ruled by Sharia, Islamic law, a senior Taliban leader told Reuters. A ruling council would be overseen by Mullah Haibatullah Akunzada, the supreme leader, or one of his deputies. The role and rights of women will be determined by a council of Islamic scholars. Ashraf Ghani arrived in the United Arab Emirates saying he was in talks to return to Afghanistan where he is still, officially at least, the president. He denied taking masses of money with him when he fled. America has blocked the Taliban from drawing on IMF reserves, including about 450 million US dollars in quote, special drawing rights, a type of IOU that can be swapped for dollars, that Mr. Ghani's government had been due to gain access to next week. A hearing concluded in Canada to determine whether Meng Wanzhou, Huawei's chief financial officer, can be extradited to America. Ms. Meng is accused of hiding the Chinese telecom firm's potentially sanctions-busting dealings in Iran. Her fate appears entwined with that of two Canadian businessmen, whose imprisonment in China many think retaliatory. Ms. Meng's hearing lasted two and a half years, but the judge's final verdict remains months away. Lithuania released a video it says shows Belarusian officials illegally entering its territory to force a group of migrants to cross the border. Belarus released a different video showing Lithuanian guards grappling with the migrants. Belarus sees the dumping of refugees into its neighbours' territory and thus into the European Union as payback for the EU's hostility towards Alexander Lukashenko, the country's despotic leader. Ten cents profits for the three months ending June climbed by 29% year-on-year to 42.6 billion yuan, 6.6 billion US dollars, exceeding analysts' forecasts. The gaming and social media titans' revenues were up by 20%, largely boosted by the popularity of games and higher sales from advertising. But bumper profits may not ease investors' worries about the continuing crackdown on tech by Chinese regulators. Robin Hood's revenue in the quarter ending in June surged 131% year over year to 565 million US dollars. Users flocked to the online brokerage to buy and sell cryptocurrencies, which generated far more revenue than trades in options or stocks. Still, the firm lost 502 million US dollars compared with a small profit booked during the same quarter last year. 
Islamic militants in northern Burkina Faso killed at least 47 people in an assault on Wednesday, including 30 civilians and 14 soldiers. At least 58 militants also died in the attack near the town of Arbinda. Thousands have perished and many more have lost their homes as a result of jihadist violence in the Sahel in recent years. And fact of the day. 74. The number of people who crossed from Belarus to Lithuania illegally in 2020. This year, more than 4,000 people have tried. And now, here's today's agenda. After the fall, Afghanistan's looming refugee crisis. The fall of Saigon is remembered through images of people scrambling to board helicopters. Now, video clips of Afghans desperately clinging to the wheel wells of an American plane will forever be associated with the Taliban's conquest of Kabul. In more recent days, armed guards have been preventing some Afghans from reaching the airport. While they have been allowing foreigners to pass, the American embassy said on Wednesday that it, quote, cannot ensure safe passage there. Four decades of conflict have led many Afghans to flee the country, mostly to its neighbours. The UN counts 2.5 million registered refugees. The true number is probably much higher. Western countries are making commitments about how many refugees they will take, though the details remain hazy. Despite their promises, some European politicians are worried about a mass exodus. Afghans will be hoping that the Taliban's and the West's respective promises mean something. Second time lucky, Lena Khan v Facebook. In June, America's Federal Trade Commission suffered a humiliating setback when James Boasberg, a federal judge, threw out its landmark antitrust case against Facebook. The consumer watchdog neglected to properly quantify the social media giant's share of personal social networking services, which formed an important pillar of its case. The FTC stated that Facebook has, quote, 60% plus of its market, but offered no indication of how it produced this estimate. The decision was a boon for Facebook, which subsequently saw its market value breach one trillion US dollars. The deadline for a FTC rewrite falls today. Lena Khan, the agency's new boss and an undisputed legal wonder kid when it comes to antitrust and digital markets, may be able to do what is needed. The court already accepted the FTC's narrow definition of Facebook's relevant market, excluding competitors such as LinkedIn or YouTube. The second time around, the FTC should have taken care to cross its antitrust T's. A good time for crime. Britain's justice system. Today, the British government publishes its quarterly criminal justice report. The latest figures run to the end of March, indicating how the third national COVID-19 lockdown from January to April 2021 affected the justice system in England and Wales. 
Statistics for the previous year showed that prosecutions all but collapsed in the first lockdown of March to May 2020. The justice system is now straining under the pressure. After being shut for almost a year, the courts have built up an enormous backlog of unheard cases. COVID-19 restrictions are not the only problem. They were preceded by a decade of spending cuts, which saw criminal defence lawyers, most of whom are paid by legal aid, fleeing the profession. That exodus only worsened as the pandemic got underway. So many have left the business that the government is now struggling to find enough to undo the backlog. The result is yet more delayed and failing trials. What's in store? Walmart and Target. People are returning to the real world and returning to shops. That's good news for Target and Walmart, two of America's largest retailers, who posted their second quarter earnings this week. Both announced growth in sales and profits. Whereas last year's sales were driven by essentials, said Target, growth in recent months has been in sales of dresses, beauty products and luggage, hallmarks of pre-pandemic life. That suggests that Nordstrom and Macy's might have good results too when they report in the coming days. The traditional department stores were hammered in 2019 and 2020, but rebounded from early July to early August. But the outlook has suddenly dimmed. Retail sales numbers in July, collected by the Commerce Department, were down. Walmart's share price rose only a little after its announcement. Those of some other retailers slid. Growing concerns about the Delta variant, inflation, supply bottlenecks, inadequate inventories, the cessation of government stimulus checks and higher labour costs all feed concern over the retail sector's health. Lan of Plenty Microsoft's QuakeCon. QuakeCon, an annual festival known as the, quote, Woodstock of Gaming, begins online today. It is among the biggest video game conventions in America. This year, it celebrates its 25th birthday. Like Woodstock, early QuakeCons had a counter-cultural vibe. In 1996, fans of Quake and Doom two gory first-person shooter games gathered to play in a Texas hotel. Both games were produced by ID Software, a studio based a few miles away, which soon became the main sponsor of the burgeoning convention. Recent events have been significantly slicker. In 2009, ZeniMax, a video game holding company, bought ID Software. This year, Microsoft snapped up ZeniMax for 7.5 billion US dollars. The tech giant has been acquiring independent studios and its gaming arm is bulking up fast. Revenue rose by 11% year on year last quarter to more than 3.7 billion US dollars. The firm, which also owns Xbox, is hungry for more. QuakeCon traditionalists and those who preferred it when gaming was a niche activity might be worried by the feeding frenzy. 
Summer Quiz, Week 5 We have to start our quiz today with an apology. It seems our baristas had not had enough coffee when setting the questions this week, and some have run out of order. To clear away the fog, here are this week's questions again. Monday A statue of which colonial leader is the subject of much controversy at Oxford University? Tuesday What term is used by Rastafarians to refer to Western society? Wednesday Which musical duo is best known for songs such as Lifted and Ocean Drive? And today's question In Greek myth, which daughter of Zeus was the protector of young girls? As always, your challenge is to work out all four answers and send them to us with the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST today to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Blaise Pascal, who died on this day in 1662. Justice without force is powerless. Force without justice is tyrannical. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download the Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.